In today's show, we're going to be talking to Leanne Turan. She is one of the owners of Six Degrees Media Production, who are a full-service media production company. We're going to learn a bit more about her company, how she has established herself in different parts of the world, and how we can all learn from her abilities to be able to work with different partners in growing her company across the globe. Thank you, Leanne, for joining us today, and uh, welcome to our show. Thanks, Mo. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, so let's uh, let's dive right in. Um, we were just talking about how you are expanding. So tell us a little bit about your company, uh, how your brand has become to what it is now, and uh, where is the future looking like? Sure. So as you mentioned, I'm one of the owners of Six Degrees Productions, and uh, the company was founded back in 2005 in South Africa, where I'm originally from. One of my business partners founded the company. Uh, I joined the company later on. I'm a trained uh, editor and animator, and I worked for the company for some time. And then four years ago, I moved to Canada and decided to become a partner in the company and then open up a branch here in Canada. So I work with all of our uh, North American and Canadian clients and my two business partners, actually three business partners now back in South Africa and some of my team are there. And we've just recently opened up a smaller branch office in uh, the Netherlands in Amsterdam to service our European clients. Nice. That's that's awesome. I like how you've expanded. I think the one thing we can all learn is growing across the world and growing a company is not an easy task. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of elements that has to go through. Essentially, you're trying to bring in all the values and services that you provide in one place that works for that environment and you're bringing it across to Canada and now pushing it over to Europe. Um, is that a challenging thing or is that something that you feel like, well, you know, it was easy. It was just like a pick up and go and set up some cameras. So, so moving, <laughs> I'll start with the Canadian part. I mean, Moving to a new country where you don't know anybody is pretty challenging, just on a personal and a business level. Absolutely. So I'll be honest, it's been a it's been a bumpy road to get to this point. I mean, the first year was quite difficult, uh, trying to go out into the community and meet people and get the business going. Um, but it has grown from strength to strength. Uh, there's so many different opportunities in Canada. There's lots of net opportunities to network and meet people. So I've been quite fortunate there. Um, working globally in different departments, yeah. I mean, different regions of the world. Yes. So nowadays, with the awesomeness of the internet, it makes it really easy to work across different different time zones. I mean, we've got our company set up so that everything's in the cloud, and we've got team members all over the world, uh, a lot in South Africa, but we also use freelancers. I've got one Germany, Nicaragua, Ukraine even. So having everything in the cloud and having you know CRM systems, project management systems and, pr- and processes makes it quite easy to collaborate. Absolutely. And I think more and more companies are adapting to global uh, resources. Um, so even a company that's local here could have people working in different parts of the world. And this is not just uh, in order to outsource for necessarily a cheaper pricing, but also you know you can get some really ta- talented people out there in the world, and I work with people from different parts of the world myself, and the amount of talent that's around the world is incredible. Uh, one of my recent projects, I worked with a team in Mexico, and it was a very seamless process. We had a lot of communication. The only difference was we weren't sitting in the same room, uh, but we were through Zoom communication. Everything was able to be resolved, and the client was happy with the final project. And I think that's what. Global uh, ex- expansion is all about, and I think that's that's what's so beautiful about it. And companies like yourself and, and mine, we can provide support and, and grow our team. But also, I find that we're able to give to a community that normally we would not be having access to. Um, and I'm sure yeah. that's you probably have that experience as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we have clients across Canada. 
And um, the, often they'll want to have a shoot done in, say, Victoria or Toronto or Edmonton. So, I mean, we go and we find local crews on the ground, give them good briefing, um, get the, you know, make sure that they know exactly what they need to do, shot list, storyboard, that kind of thing. And they go out there, they do the shoots, upload the footage to us, and then we edit it. So it's, it's amazing how it can work like that. Nice. You said you have uh, some partners as well. Um, how is it to be working with partners um, globally where, you know, everyone's kind of handling different parts? Is it, is it challenging or do you find it to be, you know, seamlessly, you know, smooth in, in communication wise? It works really well for us. I mean, I've known two of my business partners. We actually used to work together at a different production company starting back in 2006. So I've known them for a very long time. Right. And our one, my one business partner, that's the MD of the company, he's a chartered accountant, yeah. which is amazing to have because <laughs> he does all the systems and processes and finance. So he does all of that stuff. So us, the other three creatives can do, you know, all the creative things that we love. Yeah. Um, so I have one business partner, Greg, who is uh, the creative director and head of sales in South Africa. So he does a very similar thing to what I do. It's producing, producing the productions, you know, project managing things, as well as going out and selling to new clients. Right. And then our other uh, business partner, he's the head of animation. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal motion graphics artist. Wow. And he, you know, he does all of the really good, th all the things that make us look really good with nice. all these amazing <laughs> animation skills. So we all work really well together because we've known each other for a very long time. Nice. So, so I guess you don't edit as much as you used to. Uh, or, or I still, I, I'm still doing some editing because nice. at the moment we're really busy and our editors are completely slammed. Right. Um, but I don't do as much as I used to. I mean, I used to spend many, many, many hours late into the night, early <laughs> to early hours of the morning editing. Right. Um, I still do love to edit. I just don't have as much time to do it. No. Yeah, it's almost like you're on a different planet. Time <laughs> travels differently for some reason. Um, and I know when I start editing any of my projects, to me, it felt like it was 10 minutes, but to my wife, it was three hours ago <laughs> when I said I'll be home. So it's just time flies way too fast. And it's, I guess, because we get so engaged in the story and in, in the cuts, in how we want to drive the emotions of, of the viewers or the audience, that every little detail should be counted. I think good editors should take time. I mean, no matter how much vision the director, the producers, the storyboard or the writer have you know, put together, if the editor doesn't execute this all together really well, yeah. then, then nothing means anything. Uh, that's, that's, I think, it's important to be a good editor. And the fact that you, you had the editing skills and now you're going to different parts of your company, it's important to be that because you understand the details and how much work goes into a final project uh, and the fact that you're still part of it. So when you work with editors, I'm sure you can understand. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, my main editor now, I've been training her for the last year and it's, um, yeah, editing, it's not, it's not an easy process. People <laughs> don't really understand what goes on behind the scenes and just how long it takes. Yeah. I mean, to your point, sometimes I'd start editing and just get so involved in what I'm doing. You look up and it's been like, five hours and you haven't eaten anything and you still got so much to get through. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a, it's a time consuming process, but it's definitely a labor of love. Yeah. Uh, it's really awesome when you finally getting to a point where the story is making sense and everything's looking good and it's all working well together. So yeah. it's really rewarding. Absolutely. I think that's what I love about it. I mean, it's, when it's three o'clock in the morning and <laughs> you finally, you know, go back to the beginning of the, the clip and you press play and you watch it all come together. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, that feeling is like, and then you wake up again. It's like, I can go for another couple hours. And of course, once you deliver it and, and the client looks at it and how you brought their vision to life, I think that, that feeling within itself is incredible. A lot of uh, film producers and anyone that's involved in it, wherever they are, you know, software is, is, is a major factor. Everybody has their favorites. Everybody feels that 
one software could be better than the other. What software do you use to edit your, your videos? Also, um, why do you love it? Because it's, there's always like a reason why there's that passion for that specific software versus one of the other ones that's out there. Sure. I mean, so I started uh, editing 16 years ago. So that was when Final Cut 7 was the most popular editing software. Yep. Um, so kind of that's where I learned to edit. And that's what I was really comfortable with. Then they brought out Final Cut 10. And it was just so different. I tried it for a year, I really gave it a good go. And then eventually I gave up on it and then moved across to Adobe Premiere. And Adobe Premiere at the time when it kind of was first becoming popular was actually very similar to Final Cut 7. Yes. So it was quite an easy transition. Uh, and then, I mean, once you're in the Adobe suite, it just makes so much more sense to carry on with that. Uh, all of our motion design work is done in After Effects. And After Effects and a Premiere, as you know, talk really well to each other. You can make animation templates, literally get, leave After Effects, open Premiere, and they've updated in your edit. So there's really good synergy there. And the same goes with um, Photoshop and Illustrator for creating various assets that you need in your animations and your videos. So we are full on Adobe Creative Cloud suite of products. Nice. Now, if somebody, do you have any editors that would use uh, DaVinci Resolve or Final Cut to, to do it? Or you prefer when you bring them on, they have to be Adobe Premiere for flow and consistency? Yes. So they have to be editing uh, on Adobe. Um, mm. The reason we do this is our, all of our projects exist in the cloud. And we do that for a very good reason. So if, if my editor goes to sleep in South Africa and I've got a client here in Canada that wants changes, I can literally just go and open up her project and carry on where she left off yes. and vice versa. And we need to be able to do that and have that kind of flexibility so that anybody in the team can open up any project and access all the files. So we all have to be on the same system. Yeah, absolutely. That, that makes sense. You know, as long as your ecosystem is yeah. consistent and flowing, that's all that matters. And I've had a lot of like videographers that I've connected with and they're all like, no, this is a good software. That's about, it's like, it doesn't matter. If <laughs> they you can, will do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. If your imagination yeah. is great, you can produce something with any of these softwares. You should be able to pick up any camera and create a really good story with that camera. Whether you're using a, a you know a red camera with like you know six K or eight K capabilities, or using a Sony or a Canon, it doesn't really matter. If you can't tell a story really well, none of these cameras would ever help you. He, a guy with his iPhone can probably do a much better yeah. job than you can with your red camera doing all these like creative cool shots. So it all comes down to creativity and, and your ability to execute the story or the vision that your clients has on the screen and then develop, develop it and deliver it. It's all about the story. It's all about the story. Even yeah. with filming on a phone, if you don't have a good, I mean, if you don't have a good story, uh, it doesn't really matter. So yeah. you can, and you can produce, I've seen some people produce some pretty good results. If the story is good and compelling enough, shooting on phones are not the biggest, most fanciest camera out there. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I mean, like talking about shooting on phones, uh, you brought a, a good point up. Uh, what do you feel the future of the, this industry is? I know with TikToks and other short term, short, pretty much uh, short form uh, products and videos. How do you feel that the future of that is versus, you know, production companies like yours and mine where we're trying to create more creatively produced storylines? I think there's, there's definitely room for both. Um, yes, anybody can go and shoot and do things on their phone, which is fine, and there's definitely a place for that. Uh, I mean, as you know, video is the most consumed form of media. A third of all content online is videos. But there's still definitely a, a place for more highly produced and more professional-looking videos, um, especially for companies that want to come across as professional. I mean, producing a video 
if you don't really know what you're doing and you're using it to represent your brand or your company, can make, make your company look quite amateur and you can actually do more damage to your brand than good. Okay. So I definitely think there's a, there's a place for both. And the kind of things that we're doing, uh, we're trying to tell stories for our clients and engage and re reach business objectives, right? Yeah. Whereas TikTok and online things and Instagram reels, yes, some people do use that for business as well, but a lot of it is more kind of for personal places to share things and yeah. to share ideas and to create uh, personal content. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I, I think I always, when I talk to my clients and they always ask, well, do you do like TikTok videos? I said, we can, we can shoot it in that same, same format. But I always tell them, well, why don't we work on story-based videos for your business where we tell the story and you know talk about different parts of your business and how it all runs and in the meantime between these videos why don't I you know consult somebody within your team that can actually capture some stories and and at that point it doesn't matter it could be raw yeah. and you're not really putting your name out there because you're saying I'm doing professional ones and in between I'm doing some of these raw ones for you to see behind the scenes and some of the events that happen. Because I said, I can't be there every day, all day. Yeah. Even if I send somebody, I can't have them coming in, you know, every day of the week for them to capture what could happen today. And it's, but you are there and your people are there that could do that. And even our productions, I would say, feel free to get your people to film us filming you. Yeah, we do that, that as well, yeah. Right, that, within that, it also adds value and it gives you more content to post. I think yeah. stories will stick to people's head and mind and because we move them emotionally. Stories will stay with us a lot longer than just a snippet. And we resonate with their, with their feelings. Then we have their attention. Those are the fun things that I enjoy watching because you, know, you watch films all the time and, and they're all story-based. Yep. You don't see a film without a story. <laughs> they don't just put clips of something on there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our brains are hardwired to respond to storytelling. Yeah. I mean, it was a function of, you know, survival of the fittest, yeah. is that we need to be able to communicate and tell stories to each other. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that is, re is really important. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, we work with our clients, and I'm sure you do the same thing. Sometimes our clients don't really know how to tell their story. So we work with them and ask them probing questions to kind of uncover what makes them unique, what makes them different, and then we craft that into a story um, and put it in such a way so that their viewer or their customers can see themselves in that story, and that's yeah. how you kind of really connect with them on an emotional level. So uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's important. You're right. I, I also do the same thing. We, you know, we strategize with them, kind of come up with some ideas of, what they want to do and what is their message and where we can take them. A lot of times when we talk to them, we're always saying, oh, that would be a great thing to talk about. This is a great opportunity to tell this story. You have so many stories in your space, but yet they don't know they have those stories. I always tell them, you should consider doing a podcast. And I said, well, I have nothing to talk about. I said, yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. By me talking to you for five minutes, you are so knowledgeable in your industry that I'm, I'm learning every time I come into your space and talking to you because you provide a lot of valuable information. Imagine if you did that and recorded as a podcast. It's important for us to share our knowledge and experience. You know, that's why we have these technologies to allow us to capture these moments in, in our life and become a bit of a time capsule for future generations to enjoy. Um, and I think that's one thing that's very important for us to consider. And I think what we create and what you create with your clients as you're telling their story, you're documenting their story. So when generations goes by 100 years from now, they can look back and instead of picking up a little document about the company, <laughs> now they have actually videos. It's, a good, it's an interesting way to, to approach it. I, I like that idea. Well, I think if you approach it that way, you're, you're, you're then 
appreciating everything you're capturing, yeah. right? And I think that's what I do go in there. When I talk to somebody, it's like, this is valuable information. You need to document this. You need to save this. And writing it on a piece of paper, the future doesn't have paper. Everything's digital anyways. Yeah. At least you have something uh, in video. Yes, by then, 4K videos could be like really low resolution. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so, because we could be immersed in a, in a world. But at least it's something that people can reflect back on and know how this company started and where they are. Um, and, and at the same time, we're also telling our own story. Because every time we capture something, we're involved in that storytelling, which tells our story in the future. So, I mean, that's, I'm not trying to boast myself in any way or my, <laughs> my, my industry, but that's one of the reasons why I'm passionate about creating and always striving to do better. Because if we don't strive to do better, I don't think we're, uh, we're going to get ahead. We're not progressing, yes. No, absolutely. you're not progressing. <laughs> so, quick funny question, talking about how 4K is probably going to look like really bad in like 20 <laughs> years. When you started out, were you still also shooting in uh, PAL on like recording on mini DV tapes? We actually had tapes, those little mini DV tapes which was a, a pain because we would yeah. have to then take those, you know, play them, and then record them yeah, onto... Digitize it in real Digitize time. it, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Edit it, and then bring it back yeah, and it deliver it. And I know Omni was downtown, so we were in Burnaby. The studio was in Burnaby. We used to edit it, and we had to get it in every week in the morning. We had to rush over and drop it off. You know, So convert it to digital, then bring it back to tape and deliver it. And I don't understand why they had to do that. Eventually, they moved on to delivering it through digital. But, but it was a lot of pain at the beginning. Uh, but I'm just happy that you know everything is digital now. You know, all the videos yeah, can be <laughs> can be sent to the client. You know, here's a link. Watch the video. Make comments. Let me know what what to adjust. Instead of here's a cassette. I'm gonna mail it to you. You'll get it in a week, <laughs> and eventually we'll get this video ad going. <laughs> I guess that's what it was back then. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I remember doing similar things to the bro the broadcasters in South Africa. We'd create something for TV. Have to take it to another company. They'd put it on a beta cam text. <laughs> Big tapes like that and then like physically drive that to like the broadcaster and drop it off. Mm -hmm. And even just with filming, we'd have to film, put footage on a hard drive, yeah. mail the hard drive to whoever was editing it, yeah. then they would edit it. So yeah, it's it come a long way. It has come a long yeah. way. It's made our life easier. And I think going back to the beginning of our conversation, it has made us able to reach out to more resources, yeah. to serve more clients, but also to have a, a larger team globally. Um, and I think, you know, if to a certain point in some countries that we work at, you know, I'm, I'm happy to work with them because I'm giving an opportunity to them to be able mm -hmm. to, to make money and, and do what they love doing, where they may not be getting that opportunity. And vice versa, if somebody gives you an opportunity, you know, I'm grateful that I'm able to work with somebody. So I think it's not that I feel like I'm giving opportunities. I'm also grateful for receiving opportunities of working with these great people around the world. And I'm sure your team, you know, loves being a part of your, your culture simply because of the what you've provided. And, and you wouldn't have gone, grown to three different countries around the world if you didn't have a good business model and, and value within your company. Yeah, it's it's definitely give as gain, right? Yeah. You, you give and you receive, and that's what it's all about. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, Leanne, it, it's been it's been great talking to you. I, I enjoyed this conversation, and, and time keeps going. And I could probably talk for another couple of hours, <laughs> yeah. um, but good. I won't take up any more of your time. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining us uh, on Becoming the Brand and sharing your brand and your story with us. Um, for the last question, uh, what what advice or what, uh, what feedback can you leave to our audience uh, who are looking to expand their global reach, uh, whether with, with teams or members or, or clients, what can they do better? What's, what can they look for? If you can leave us some advice, that would be awesome. It's a tough one, I you know. You put me on the spot. <laughs> um, 
Let me talk about expanding into a new country. I mean, the the biggest piece of advice I can give is if you're going to a new place where you don't really know anybody, is to go out and network. Network, network, network. Go join your local chambers of commerce, boards of trades, BNI group if they have one in your area. Yeah community events, go out and meet people and don't go out to meet people to sell yourself, go out and meet people and build relationships and see how you can help them first. How can you help your local businesses give them business? And you'll and once you, you give, often once you put stuff out there, you receive in return. So I think that would be my, my advice. Awesome. Thank you. I, I follow the same thing. I, you know, I believe the same thing. Networking is, is key in, in almost every business. Without networking, you really can't go. You can only do so much cold calls and all these marketing little avenues that you can grow your business but it all comes down to networking if people don't see you as a valuable member of the community um, you probably won't be going as far as you would prefer to be going uh, so that's great advice thank you so much for for that sure you're welcome well cool. you do the same thing that's how we met yeah, networking absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. We, we met through a, yeah. a networking so that's awesome Leanne thank you so much and um, thank you for joining us on the show thank you for having me it was fun thank you <laughs> <laughs>